we're just solving a billion dollar corporation's problems. They, all they have to do is just chip over just a couple bucks, a couple shares of stock, and we'll be okay. It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's superhero slave. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes, it's superhero slave. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. And this week, DC is renewing several of its TV shows, Mike. Hey, look at that. You might you might enjoy this. You may not enjoy this. I don't know. We'll find out. Uh, Wonder Woman delays again. Uh, again. Who again. saw that coming? I think I saw that. I, th- I think we all probably, like, <laughs> they haven't said anything about this movie yet. Uh, and, um, yeah, we'll talk some more about what Warner Brothers is doing. Chris Hemsworth wants to be Thor forever. I'm fine with all this. Right. And more. Well, Thor, I think, technically has been around forever, so there's some precedent there mm-hmm. for always wanting to be uh, Thor forever. Um, but you're talking about uh, with DC, DC shows getting renewed. I stumbled across like an article. I think it might have been on like comicbook.com of just like everything that's been canceled in 2020. Uh, not people, like TV shows. Yeah. <laughs> and I was, scro- I was scrolling through the list and I got to this block of about like a dozen Netflix shows that were canceled after like one season. And like I had never heard of any of them. And I was like, what's this show? Who are these people? And like every show had like a promotional image that was next to it. And I was like, none of these actors look familiar. Never heard of this show for once in my life, so it's just, uh, 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 people are starving for content, but, you know, if your show's not good, you're getting canceled. Yeah, also, they're not really making a whole lot of stuff right now, either, so, um, if they can't, uh, secure some production stuff, they'd probably be like, yeah, we don't need to do this again, uh, right now. But that's funny you mentioned that, because I was gonna talk about stuff coming to Netflix this week, Mike, um, because my corn stream is zilch this week, um, but I am looking forward to a few things here. The first one, I think, had your most attention. Your ears perked up the most here. The Taco Chronicles Season <laughs> 2. Um, it is essentially a, a show about different tacos of around the world and how they make it. It's very much a like a food documentary style show. Um, like You don't have like a famous chef making all of these, but it mm-hmm. does look good. So if you end up going and looking into like you know different type of uh, uh, taco... Takarias, Takarias, whatever they want, how they pronounce them, from across the globe, and and this is season two, so it's even gonna be even more fun, um, for that. And you know me, I'm already hungry. We were just talking about this. I'm already hungry. <laughs> it's time for that. Um, the other thing is uh, Tom Holland and Robert Pattinson's movie that we've talked about briefly, and we know a little bit about is The Devil All the Time coming out Wednesday on on Netflix, which. We've not seen Spider-Man since what Spider-Man, so mm-hmm. I think it's time to, to give give Tom Holland a non-Spider-Man chance again, and he's probably killing it out there. So and Batman, Spider-Man, Batman in one movie. Um, I want to see was that like produced by the Russo brothers? Maybe Is I that... don't know. It's uh, it's on Netflix though, so I'm sure uh, with those actors involved, they threw a lot of money at it. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, speaking of being hungry, uh, shout out to a uh, fan yes. of the show, Vicky, who sent us uh, who sent us an email along our way, letting us know of some of the new Kit Kats hitting the market and some uh, flavored Oreos. Because we're yeah. always we're always talking about snacks at the top of the show because we're just hungry boys that we like to talk about superheroes and we like to talk about candy. Honestly, it just sounds like we're children. Uh, and you know, with Halloween yeah. coming along, like my wife knows I like candy corn. So when we're at when we're at the um, when we're at CVS, she's like, "Oh, you want to get some?" candy corn it's like no i can't get candy corn until october you should have listened to the podcast last year honey i went on a rant all about this how i can't eat a single kernel until october comes along or um you know uh, somebody's somebody's gonna vanquish my uh my false spirit uh but anyway shout out to vicky uh i think we were kind of familiar with some of those kit kat flavors but i i didn't know about some of those oreo ones i guess japan is starting to uh get up on the oreo flavor market so there's some of those look pretty good yeah, I mean, and there, so this list that Vicky sent over um, includes um, Kit Kats. So you get Halloween Kit Kats, which may or may not have marshmallow in it. The debate still rages on. <laughs> um, and then pumpkin um, pie ones. I think I, we ha- I, I want to say the pumpkin pie ones we had last year. I feel like... I can taste the pumpkin pie Kit Kat. I don't just know. Say- I feel. I feel like just within like the last like twelve months, the, the there has been a U.S. Kit Kat renaissance, and I feel like I would have remembered a flavored Kit Kat 
as of last year. I feel like this is all still very new for them, well, but you still got to keep a vigilant eye because some of those Halloween Kit Kats that you see in the candy aisle are just like colored ones. Because I yeah. think there's like orange colored ones. There's nothing orange flavored about them. It's just like a white chocolate Kit Kat, which you can just buy normally, like a white chocolate Kit Kat, but it's just dyed right. orange. Well, like it looks like these witches ones might be flavored with marshmallow and possibly these pumpkin pie ones might have some pumpkin spice well, in it. Well, but the thing is, these are also not ones you buy individually. Uh, just mm-hmm. the These are the ones you buy in the big bag because you're giving them out at Halloween. And mm-hmm. um, if Halloween happens this year, you probably give them out. But I think that's why we maybe you maybe don't re- remember them from last year because you would have had to buy a large bag. And that's a risk. If you don't like yeah. them, you got a whole bag of Kit Kats. <laughs> that's that true. And my, yeah, my wife can't stand wafer cookies in any fashion. She just, even when like there's good quality like chocolate involved, she just doesn't like the, I guess the feebleness of the Christmas of the crackers. I don't know what it is. I keep trying to convince her. Every time I get some sort of wafer things, I make her take a bite. She never likes it. So uh, yeah, it's all on me. I eat all the Kit Kats in this household, Chris. Yeah, you don't need that kind of negativity in your life. You, you need someone who can support those wafer cookies with you yes but uh, shout out to vicky yeah. because that's great we always want to be uh, abreast of the latest situations well, of uh, candies and cookies right and, and, and before we switch the last thing i want to say is the um she mentions the um the maple syrup oreos um mm-hmm. i have those they're okay um <laughs> they're, they're not they're not there's nothing inherently oreo-esque about them they just taste mm-hmm. like a maple syrup kind of cookie and um they kind of got the they're like a little softer on the on the cookie portion and i like mm-hmm. my oreos a little crisper if you will um so they're, they're okay uh there's nothing nothing wrong with them but i'm not telling people to you need to run out and grab the maple syrup one so <laughs> yeah it's fine it's candy so thank you vicky we appreciate it as always um there was something else i was going to mention and i totally forgot what it was oh um it was the um the nurse ratchet thing was coming to, to netflix um, I don't know anything about that. I've I've seen some uh, kind of billboards, some uh, bus ads around town, but I'm not too familiar with the. the it sounds like it's ba- it's like a character from history, right? I don't know if it's a real person or a fictional person. No. It, um, have you ever seen One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest? Uh, no, I have not. Is so, that is that what it's from? Yes. So she is the like evil nurse in this. Like she's like the the I guess the antagonist, if you will. Um. So like she's like a. For for all intents and purposes, whenever we study this in film, like she is like the the corrupt power and authority of this mental asylum, right? That okay. Jack Nicholson. So she is um, just just a horrible person, a, a very big villain. And this is a prequel with Sarah Paulson from American Horror Story fame uh, playing her um, pre. One flew over the cuckoo's nest. <laughs> All right, uh, the way you were describing it, and the way she was getting, knowing that this is going to be her show, I was like, oh, they turn, are they turning like a maleficent on her? Are they trying to make her into a good person? Uh, this sounds like a a weird uh, line to cross, but I guess she's going to be baddie. Yeah, and they've already... I mean, Netflix has already given it two seasons because that's all you get at Netflix these days. I mean, that's a big move for Netflix, though, to just up front say two seasons. I guess the third season. That's the real real make-or-break season. But mm-hmm. All right, yeah. well, I guess if you're into naughty nurses, Chris, there you go. Yeah, I don't think that's what it is. But yeah, <laughs> I think it's... I mean, again, the, the, the background with Sarah Paulson being in those um, movies. She was also in, what was it, um, Glass... She's a, the psych, psychi- psychiatrist uh, in the last yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, she does so, look familiar. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she does that stuff. So that, those are coming out to Netflix this week, so you got some stuff to look forward to. Mike, you, I, I'm going to have to look up literally everything on your list here because oh, great. I don't know them I offhand. Love that. I so love go this. On. This is great. The, the, so the corn stream the last couple weeks have been a bit of a downer, but I feel like we really hit a good week this last week. So these are going to be three uh, solid recommendations. And the first one I can tie surprisingly directly to the show. And it was a bit of surprise to me. It's Lodge 49. This was an AMC show, which I'll tell you right off the bat, only ran for two seasons. Uh, my wife knew somebody that worked on the show and they said that they tried to shop it around to streamers for a third season, but unfortunately no luck. But it was recently added to Hulu, and the the creators of the show are kind of hoping maybe they get a little bit of um a little bit of a digital push from people discovering it for the first time, like we did this week. So uh, two seasons, twenty episodes. It's a dramedy since it's AMC. Each episode's only about like forty, like forty two minutes or something like that. So you're not really going to be super uh, tied down by like an hour long, you know, HBO kind of drama run. So Lodge Forty Nine is a uh, is about this uh, guy named Dud who's kind of just a down on his luck, kind of like 
burnout um, slacker who kind of comes across like this kind of moose lodge situation. If you're familiar, I don't really know what to call it. I've always known it as a moose lodge, but you know, kind mm. of like those lodges in your town. An elk lodge like, where we have. Yeah, yeah, like an elk lodge or a moose lodge. I suppose they all have different names, but they just call it the the Lynx Lodge uh, in, in this show. So he just kind of discovers this lodge and the people that run it, and it just kind of changes his life and he changes theirs. And there's a lots of really funny, uh, wacky stuff that transpires. Um, I've never seen this very iconic show, but a lot of people compare it to... um Oh crap! Uh, what's the one that it's like in a, like a mountain town? It was just it just came back recently after years and years and years. It, uh, like it was it David fin is a David Fincher show? Is that what I'm saying? No, you're oh. thinking the David Lynch show. Uh, um, David Lynch, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's that show called? Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks, yeah, yeah. A lot of people compare it kind of to Twin Peaks esque, if you will. Uh, so that could be a big sell for you. It, that doesn't really resonate with me because I don't really know what that means. Uh, but we liked it. It was really fun. It's full of a lot of mystery it kind of sometimes straddles the supernatural but the show never really tells you 100 percent. so it's a really fun time but i'll tie it directly to the show because the lead character dud mm-hmm. is played by a guy named russell wyatt and uh I, we were looking at this guy for a few episodes like god he looks so familiar and we were trying to figure out what we knew him from so uh we looked him up and he played he just played like one of the kind of like the b characters in 22 jump street he was like the football player guy that um uh, that that's in that's in the movie like he's not a big character but I was surprised to see that uh, Russell Wyatt is cast as U.S. agent in uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier mm-hmm. so it was really kind of cool being able to watch this guy for basically 20 episodes going like oh this guy is going to be in a uh, really big uh, Marvel show coming up soon mm-hmm. and he plays just a really kind of like goofy aloof character but in the very last episode of the very last season he has like a just really really nice intense monologue where he really kind of goes against character, kind of tears up a little bit. And I'm just like, yeah, man, this dude has range. So I'm really looking forward to uh, Russell Wyatt and uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. But if you want a preview of this guy, uh, watch Lodge 49 on Hulu. If I get more people to watch it, we might get a third season because unfortunately it does kind of end on a cliffhanger, but they do kind of wrap up some characters. So uh, check out Lodge 49, Hulu, AMC. There you go. And um, Wyatt Russell is the son of Kurt Russell. Because you didn't know that as well. Oh, oh, wow, Chris, you're blowing my mind because that makes total yeah. <laughs> sense after looking at that face. Yeah, that wow. Yeah. I feel I feel silly for not knowing that. Holy yep. crap. So that's yeah, yeah. His dad's <laughs> Kurt Russell. So uh, I was thinking, again, man, the whole the whole time I was thinking, wow, look at this up and coming actor. You know, he was on one in a kind of an obscure AMC show, and now he's gonna graduate to Marvel, not knowing that his freaking dad's already been in a huge Marvel movie yeah. as a as a villain or wow. Okay. There you go. Either way, either way, is a it was a wild ride. There you go. So, Watch forty nine. Uh, All right. Yeah. Tell and me about also, this next one. Yes. Also, I'll plug this show that I believe was just officially confirmed to have its third and final season greenlit is Kippo and the Age of the Wonder Beasts on Netflix. So this is an animated show that I've been able to watch, I think about three episodes now. So I'm just kind of dipping my toes into it. But it's a really fun show, kind of about uh, a post-apocalyptic, I believe it's the Earth, but they don't specifically say it. But, you know, imagine 200 years into the future after some sort of apocalypse. Uh, the surface of, of our planet is now overrun by these wonder beasts, these kind of like amalgamations of different animals with multiple appendages, kind of mutated. They're large, they're small, they're all over the place. And it seems like most of the humans have retreated to underground. So our story starts where we meet our first character kind of uh, being thrust into the surface world and trying to deal with all this new crazy stuff that's happening above ground and it's just really fun the characters are really interesting the kind of core group that you follow through the show assembles by the end of episode two so i would say at least give it three episodes to kind of see where it's going but i really liked it and I kind of got similar vibes uh, of Avatar The Last Airbender. You know, I feel like they're kind of hitting the same type of kind of uh, older kid audience, but also kind of an all-ages story. I really like the animation. You kind of get that classic, you know, two action set pieces in your kind of 22-minute episodes. And the animation's really good. The action's really slick. Uh, I like the voice acting. And also, they have the luxury of, since it's kind of in the future, if you will, they can play more modern music 
music. So there's lots of really like kind of really cool hip hop and jazz and funk in it. So I'm guessing the creator of the show is really influenced by a lot of that. But I was really uh, happy to come across it. So I'm I'm glad that it seems like they haven't been canceled, but they kind of get to wrap up and tell everything that they want to say. So go check out Kippo Age of the well, Wonder Beasts, a really good all all ages show. I would say. Yep. The other thing is um, this features the voice. Uh, I, I when I looked at this, I'm like I don't remember this. Uh, Karen Fukuhara who plays Kimiko or the female in um, The Boys. She's oh, the girl on the team. Okay. So she's the main voice of Kipo. I love how all the stuff that we, uh, <laughs> that we watch can always be tied back to uh, our show in some way. Uh, and then last up, I actually watched this like almost immediately after we finished our recording last week's episode. So this is a documentary that just hit uh, uh, digital VOD last weekend. I wouldn't be surprised if at some point in time a streamer picks it up and streams it for free somewhere. But it's a documentary about Pepe the Frog. Now, if you're not familiar with Pepe the Frog, you've definitely seen him because it's basically a meme. It's that green frog that you've seen all over the place. And it's a documentary all about how this frog originally was not like a white nationalist racist symbol as it is nowadays you you know you see you see this frog next to swastikas basically all the time now and then it's very crazy that it's come all this way because it was just created by this indie comic maker in san francisco uh and he just made this comic called the boys club and it's just kind of about these four kind of anthropomorphic like animal friends that just kind of live in an apartment and they just kind of like dick around all day you know they just kind of do just weird just like kind of laid back friend stuff and then somehow the internet co-opted this frog as like a meme and then it kind of escalated and just uh snowballed into this craziness that it is now but it's a really cool doc i rented it for i think it was like 4.99 or something but maybe i had like a digital credit or somewhere i don't remember exactly what happened but it's not too expensive if you just wanted to rent it but it's just it's a wild ride it's the first time i think i've seen a documentary about like internet culture that just kind of wasn't cringy like they people really took the subject matter seriously but also kind of laid back when it deserved to be laid back so if you want to see a crazy microcosm of what the internet does to just kind of art uh go check out it it's called feels good man because it's a quote Mm -hmm. that pepe the frog said back in the day but it was a wild ride they do some pretty cool stuff some pretty cool visuals in it um so i I would recommend that check that out also a sundance award winning film for emerging filmmaker yeah i think it's winning a, a few different film festival awards um, and I listened to a couple interviews with the with the creator of the documentary. It's his first documentary ever, and I think he was friends with the creator of Pepe the Frog, Matt Fury. So he kind of had the inside track on it. So yeah, go go check it out if you're a creative in any way. Uh, it's almost just kind of like a. Um, Watch out. This could happen to anybody that draws anything at any given time because the, the internet is relentless. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, three solid things I would all recommend. Uh, Lodge 49, Kippo, and Feels Good, man. So, it was a good corn stream week this week, man. There you go. I, I, I mean, again, I'm going to say the same thing. I when We were talking about this. Mike knows I'm a busy man. I'm working all the time. Um, mm-hmm. Squeezing this in here on a later Sunday afternoon. But also... Uh, playing Marvel Fortnite, so if you got Fortnite's free, you can get the mar- go play the Marvel ones. It's fun to, you know, pop people in the face playing as Red She-Hulk with a gun. Mm. Doesn't feel very Marvel-y, but they've added in Tony Stark this week in Stark Industries, so you get to shoot him and get his abilities and this stuff, so it's, it's pretty fun. So, not as nearly as long as Mike's corn stream, but maybe, <laughs> maybe as we get to fall and the, um... You know, more stuff comes out, we'll we'll talk about it. But I, we're going to jump in the show. I'm going to get into this. First and foremost, Thor, Love, and Thunder, Mike. I didn't think we'd get any Thor news. Didn't uh-huh. think at all. It was rumored that they will use the same technology as the Mandalorian for filming this. Hey, that's which, pretty cool. <laughs> which makes sense because, um, again, owned by Disney, but Taika Waititi, who voiced IG-88 or, IG or whatever it is, or IG-11, um, also directed... Uh, some episodes for that so he's very familiar with this i also think this helps keep sets safe and it has a faster filming schedule if they can you don't have to build sets they can just do stuff with cg when they need to 
Yeah, it's hard to say how much of this was just kind of Disney speak when I was watching the Mandalorian documentary, but they the document documentarians were definitely asking these uh, directors, you know, what's it like to film in this volume? How has it kind of changed things? And they all seem to praise it. You know, uh, I think Tycho was maybe one of the few that kind of poked fun at mm-hmm. it. Some of the kind of uh, craziness that can happen when you're on a set where things can look real and fake at the same time. Uh, but yeah, it makes total sense. He was just like, wow, I can turn things around so much quicker and I can see everything in real time we can record stuff through the camera yeah it, and especially with the times that we're in now it, it'll be interesting to see when a disney production i mean a non-disney production can get a hold of this because i don't believe anything's necessarily patented they're just kind yeah. of putting technology together and using it in a smart way uh, I, I i'm assuming every big studio uh, in town is trying to figure out how to put this together because it's very smooth mm-hmm. yeah and, and also you know i want to see what it looks like on a large scale as well i mean they did the main Mandalorian, those were episodes, you know, we view those as a series, and the, the quality was great, but, like, there's going to be some mixing and mashing, they can't film the whole movie in a volume, I feel, but mm-hmm. I, I think it would be great to get a lot of that stuff done, or if they need to do reshoots, they can do it on the fly with photos and videos taken of the old backgrounds, even. Um, this is a I, I, I think this is I have the same feeling as the last time we kind of talked about the volume in general. So this is a really good time for anybody if they're really interested in like computers or video game making or anything like that is what this runs on the Unreal Engine, right? Yes. Is that what it's based off of? I think you can download that for free mm-hmm. and uh, and just poke around with it. I mean, like if you are just bored and stuck at home, download the Unreal Engine, just learn how to use it. And hell, you might be able to get a job on one of these sets and movies or these TV shows and you could be like making this stuff in real time and then what you have to do is you have to write down all the cool stuff happening and then email us because yeah. we 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 got you excited about that job to begin with and we want the inside and we need to know what you're doing <laughs> on Thor Love and Thunder sets in this exactly. volume so uh, but also that explains why last week we thought we, you know we talked about filming was starting soon they're moving people to Australia so if they built this in Australia and they can keep it safe this is a great way to to start the production and, and, and work on stuff. Uh, on that note, Chris Hemsworth has also said in an interview this week that he'll be staying on as Thor in the MCU after Love and Thunder. So um, it won't necessarily hand over to Natalie Portman in full, but at the same time, I think Chris Hemsworth probably owes a lot of his career to Thor um, and probably wants to hang on to that for a bit. He seems to be having more fun now than he was 10 years ago when Thor came yeah. out. It seems like he has a slightly different relationship to the character that Chris Evans had with Captain America. Mm. I think Chris Evans always had a great time being Captain America, but it seems like he was aspirational and wanted to do other things, um, which is totally fine. Nothing wrong with that. But it seems like Chris Hemsworth is just like, no, 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 this is going to be my John Wick. You know, this is going to be my Wolverine or whatever. I'm going to stick around as long as I can because it's it's great. Uh, So that's cool. I mean, that's one thing that we are really curious about the MCU moving forward at what point in time when will be the when will be the movie what will be the movie that comes out that will finally not be connected to any of the original OG characters right you know mm. black widow is going to be out yep after her movie comes through uh you know iron man's gone captain america's gone hawkeye could be transitioning soon once kate bishop takes over hawkeye jeremy renner could possibly leave the stage you know we're really we're really shedding all of the og characters so i mean if chris hemsworth wants to stay on forever which does kind of make sense his character is a god and kind of would you would think be around forever so i'm totally fine with this i think this is cool short of actually um killing him off on screen um yeah i think i think they'll keep him around i mean the only person i can think of you know again not an original but one of the longer ones is mark ruffalo as the hulk right well now Mm -hmm. he's smart hulk so until he they come up with some way to turn him back into a human back and forth um you know we we won't even see him as a person on screen anymore so yeah he actually has the best advantage because as as he just ages as a human being he could still be the hulk in 30 years you know (laughs) yeah yeah and we've got she hulk coming up so maybe maybe they are working on uh working working that out too so i'm fine with this i think chris has been a great thor and i think again as the series has gone on it's been better i mean i i always refer back to that moment in um Avengers Endgame or Infinity War. Uh, who'd ever thought um, ten years later we or less than ten years later we would have Thor showing up through the Bifrost with a talking raccoon in a tree be <laughs> one of the most cheered moments in a movie theater. Yeah. Um, awesome. We got to see him lose those LBs. The last yeah. time we saw him, he was fat. We got to see Trim Thor again. Yeah, and he's with the Guardians. So yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see where he ends up with that. 
a show that I keep forgetting is is happening is Hellstrom, Mike uh, from Hulu. Doesn't say Marvel's Hellstrom, just says Hellstrom now on the title card. But they shared the first five episode titles from the series. Um, I could read them, um, but just go look in the show notes because none of these mean anything to us at this point in time. Um, the description for these episodes, though, makes it seem very Constantine because these brothers and sisters, Damon and Anna Hellstrom, are investigating these supernatural happenings in different places uh-huh. and dealing with demons among the earth. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, we've got shows that do that. They've had Supernatural for, what, 20 years now? And, and Constantine had his own. And then was it um, uh, Lucifer still happening, um, though ending very shortly? So... There's some stuff going on with that. But there is, I forgot, and very soon is coming up is New York Comic Con. So they're going to have like a virtual panel and probably a trailer for this when that happens. Um, well, uh, color me. Uh, what's the color of not excited, but just indifferent? I'm gray. Color me gray or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Co- color you. Um, yeah, ambivalent. Beige. Really. Be- yeah, color me ambivalent, which is probably beige. Yeah. Um. And uh, New York Comic Con is in October 8th through the 11th, and Hulu said that this was part of their their what Hulu Ween. So mm-hmm. I mean, I expect maybe we'll get a trailer maybe drop the next week because Hulu. I mean, if it's already done, they could just put it up literally anytime. Hey. I mean, Costco has Christmas decorations up already. I mean, I think it's totally okay if they wanted to dip into Huluween a couple when it's a couple weeks early. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We'll we'll definitely see. The other side of that, the more probably exciting point, is um, the Modoc show, the animated Modoc show coming out with Patton Oswalt voicing the character Modoc. Mm-hmm. Um, if people have been playing the Marvel Avengers game, you'll know that Modoc is in fact one of the um, the I guess the main villain with that. So um, yeah. We, we got that going for us. Yeah, um, Modoc is having a minute. What we talked he, yeah. last week that he could possibly be in what mm-hmm. movie? I don't remember. Um, <laughs> what was it? We were trying to think. Oh, live action Modoc. Well, uh, who? What was he rumored in? It was. Um, there's an Aim. Um, we were talking about Aim coming back as a villain in one of the the things. I don't remember what it was. <laughs> yep. Well, either way. Well, uh, if you, I mean, if you listen, if you listened last week, you'll know what we forgot. Ant Man. It was Ant Man. It was Ant Man. Ant Man. That's right. Yeah. I was like, and which that, one would be, make Ant Man be Ant Man? Yeah. 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 I mean, what the the hottest new Marvel characters is uh, Modok and Kamala right now. Yeah. Uh, there you go. <laughs> and they're and they're um they're they're both in the game, both probably in the show. So, um, then we get the first look at the animated series logo. That's why the whole reason I brought this up. <laughs> and um. It's pretty on brand, I guess. The red circle for his eye, the little straight lines and squiggly lines for his little headband, and it's, it's purple. So, I he, just like that Modoc has his own Twitter account. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's called it's called Marvel's Modoc. So I would assume that you know, if the show only goes one season, since it's a Jeff Loeb thing, uh, hopefully maybe this can convert since it's a Disney basically Twitter account. Maybe this can just be a Modoc account in general. Hire me a social media manager that just speaks in Modoc and just t- tweets as Modoc for the years to come. They um, uh, I, for the guy who designed this, it was like, if you think this is cool, wait till you see like the whole thing. So apparently, there's mm-hmm. more to be to be said. Maybe the title cards or something. So, um, I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm more interested in this than Hellstrom by a long shot. Um, because it's Modoc and a midlife crisis so, with a bunch yeah. of comedians as, as the voice actors. Mm-hmm. So, uh, also there's a New York Comic Con panel planned for this. So maybe we'll. See this before the end of the year, as well. Uh, we're gonna switch gears a little bit and switch over to uh, Disney Plus, which we already have. The Falcon and Winter Soldier has re- started filming um, different different locales, and we know so because we got some lo- new footage of the U.S. agent, um, probably paid by Wyatt Russell, in action using his shield to beat down some people on the street. Yeah, uh, we were what we were trying to figure out what is going to happen with uh, Captain America's shield in general, uh, because we had had earlier shots of uh, U.S. Agent. What maybe I don't even know if it's months ago or maybe if it even haven't happened last year. Yeah. Time is a construct, yeah. but there are photos of him kind of coming off of I believe like a plane or something like that. Yeah. I think he's holding a shield, maybe. Yeah, uh, but obviously it could be a fake shield because he's like he is literally a U.S. agent, so. He He's going to do whatever uh, his handlers tell him to do. He's obviously there for a particular image uh, that he's trying to portray. So, yeah, it could very much be a fake shield or it's he's it's. It seems insane that he wouldn't come across Falcon and the Winter Soldier in this show, and one of them's going to have a shield. Maybe they trade it back and forth. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I, I think it's going to be, a, again, a facade, and they have to go um, 
I mean, again, last time we checked, um, Bucky and Winter Soldier were both labeled enemies of the state, really. So, mm-hmm. you know, if they have the the Captain America shield, they might portray them as the villains of this. Like, we know they're not, but like, you know, that's what he's they're kind of out there doing. So, I don't know. I don't know what the story's gonna do, but I mean, they're out filming. You know, maybe maybe first of the year, Mike, if we're lucky with this. I don't know how much is left. So, God, I'm hoping. I this is the this is the Disney Plus show that I'm most excited for, just because Captain America, the character, and his movies have universally kind of been my favorite stories in the MCU. So I just you know they're gonna be paying tons of homage to that. You know, all of the characters that encompassed him were my favorite as well. So like everything about this show, I want it so bad, and it, we should be watching it already. We should technically we should have already have watched it, right? Because it was supposed we, to be. We, like be, an August show? We'd be in the middle of it. Because in, oh, okay. Because Disney Plus yeah. does you weekly. So. Yeah, we should have had it. We should have had it by now. <laughs> yeah. So My DNA needs it. Yeah, so uh, this could be, again, what we'll talk about here in a minute, but this could be maybe our first Marvel property since Spider-Man Far From Home um, if, if, if Black Widow's delayed. So we don't know, but uh, this looks cool. It looks, you know, they're using the shield. They're filming. So knock on wood, Mike, this, um, people stay safe, and this, this keeps going. Uh-huh. The Mandalorian has been confirmed to have uh, eight episodes this season. I don't remember how many the other one had. I want to say ten. No, um, I think it was eight. I think eight, it was okay. eight, Chris. Yeah. yeah, so season two has eight episodes, and John Favreau is directing the premiere of this one. Um, I believe they directed the premiere of the last one as well, quote-unquote the pilot. So um, about par for the course with this. Um, I'm excited to see what reveal they give us at the end of the first episode, because last season they gave us the reveal of... <laughs> The child. So there, yeah, there was a couple. Uh, there was a couple promotional shots that were released this week. Uh, just it looks like a lot of stuff that we saw last season. But it's always nice to see a little extra Baby Yoda. Mm-hmm. And there's one where uh, he's on a speeder, and then Baby Yoda's just in the side little satchel patch. Uh, very, very, very cute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and you know we get um, what's his name? Um, Carl Weathers. A lot more Carl Weathers this season. It looks like he's not just in like the start and the end of the season. So. Um, being the buddy to the Mandalorian and uh, Cara Dune, so check that out. Uh, in the same regards, Obi Wan Kenobi, uh, directed by uh, Deborah Chow, I believe, who's also a director of The Mandalorian season one. Ewan McGregor said that the show will only have one season. Yeah, I mean, we. I That's think we funny. all kind of assumed <laughs> that this was going to be like a one-off, just uh, checking in on Obi Wan, kind of tying up some uh, loose ends, and then moving forward. So yeah, it, uh, it was either um, eight episodes, six or eight episode season, or one two-hour movie mike so i think this is uh it's a little more than we, we wanted in, in a good i way. mean this i mean this could be possibly good news because we don't have to worry about uh, any of the story being stretched beyond what it can handle and also mm. it means you get to bring in a, a writer and they get to sit down i guess a, a whole probably writer's room since this is a tv show and they really get to kind of settle in what is the last couple things that we want to say about obi-wan kenobi before he's kind mm. of sent off uh <laughs> to rest if and, you will and the best part about it is again if, if it's one and done literally any characters they introduce, they could either continue on um, and not deal with Obi Wan or kill them off. Like it literally is the only person safe for that is Obi Wan Kenobi at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So um, I, th- I think it leaves some some fun opportunities open to to expand Star Wars without beating us over the head with the same timeline over and over and over. Sony Pictures um, is not releasing any major movies in theaters until the pandemic is over, which includes um, the much um, Wanted Morbius movie, Mike. I'm trying to find a word here. I, I can't come off serious. And Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage. So yeah, I think we're just going to have to put them in the maybe category. I mean, we might we might be in store for one of the two worst box office years in recent history, which is all, it's funny to think about just because a couple years ago there was a dip in the normal box office, but it was only just kind of related to people considering oh is it, is it the quality of movies that are being put out are people getting tired of reboots and franchises the, this is the worst box office year we've ever had what i think that might have been like what 2016 maybe or something like that and then now it's just like no 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 there's a pandemic they're really going to show you what bad box office looks like um i just read uh i just read an interview with um uh, I never remember how to say, to say his name. Was it Fauci? Fauci? Yeah. Uh, the the main uh, the main viral expert when it comes to this pandemic, and uh, he is not confident that we're going to be back to normal theater going experiences until fall 
next year. So obviously theaters will slowly start to reopen as they kind of find a new normal and people hopefully will start to get um, uh, vaccinated with, you know, a vaccine hopefully at the beginning of next year. So we can kind of re return to some normalcy, but like, yeah, a studio is not going to be able to put out a huge tentpole movie until probably next Christmas and really see big box office record breaking numbers. I just, it's hard for me to imagine a movie getting released any time within the next year and seeing any sort of well, record attached to it. You I, know? Yeah, I don't think, I mean, I think we're looking at maybe five years till a record at this point. Um, oh, really? You think it's going to be that long? Yeah, well, because, I mean, I'm looking, I'm looking, I just pulled up domestic yearly box office, right, for, for U.S. Mm -hmm. um, last year, 2019, we had the number one movie of all time, right, Endgame. Mm -hmm. It was down 5% over the previous year, even. So 2019 was actually a dip over 2018. Um, and this year, uh, which was, uh, again, it was 11.3 million, right? Um, this year, guess guess what our box office is compared to 11.3? I'm not even going to guess. <laughs> 1.9 uh, for the year. And we are three months left in the year. So, um, I mean, I think we're going to, if it's a, anything, it's going to be a, a slow creep back up i mean i think we might see an increase next year over this year but i mean i don't think it's going to be quite the jump back up um if you will um example being i'm gonna i'm gonna go back a little bit here in the, these numbers um 1981 um had a 45 percent drop over the previous year wow um, and um the um the following year went up 227 percent so it, 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 I don't think we'll see I something wish, like that in a while. I wish I knew my history a little bit better. I'm really curious what happened yeah. in 1981. Wow. Yeah, I don't either. Um, Superman th uh, 2 was the number one movie of 81, and E.T. was the big one for 82. So, um, yeah, I, I couldn't tell you. But, I mean, I, I don't know what we're going to do. I don't I don't know how it's going to pan out. I do know, I was going to talk about this later, but I, I think it's a good time now. Warner Brothers is giving out weekend box office numbers for uh, their movie, Tenet. Um, Tenet. Tenant, sorry. Um, <laughs> I had to check myself. But they're not doing daily numbers anymore. Um, and they're worried. the worry is other studios are mad they're not doing daily because but Warner Brothers is hiding how not good it's doing on a day-to-day -day basis currently. Um, they did like maybe maybe 10 million a weekend. They said yeah. total. And yeah, the, the last thing I saw was uh, Tenant was doing uh, doing better overseas, but the domestic returns were were poor. The last I checked. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not it's not looking not looking too hot um, for that. I mean, it came out. Did it come out the same weekend as um, New Mutants? Right, same. It was it was within a week of it. If not, it's it's so hard to tell now because things are slow. Everything the release is so different. Sometimes it like slow rolls. It comes out in other places and it comes out here. So yeah, who can even keep track of it anymore, Chris? Well, I mean, all I know is I haven't seen any of them, so I can't even I can't even talk about the quality of these films. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's interesting to to know that even studios are not putting out their numbers to hide. Um, negative coverage and it's something against the movie I, I would absolutely love to see this movie there's just no way i can do it until i get a, a nice um copy to watch at home uh, for that so sony's doing the same thing they're they're playing it safe and um yeah uh, people the, the, it's a japanese company they um own company they tend to, to operate a little differently uh, we're gonna switch gears a little bit, Mike. Uh, did you ever finish watching Young Justice season three? I know you were dying to watch it. I mean, I I would love to watch it, but it's gonna have to come uh, over to HBO Max. And if it is there or if it isn't there, I don't remember. HBO Max is not is. on my Ro it's not on my Roku stick yet. So, I, yeah. I want the I want the easiest viewing experience in my life, and that's gonna that's mm -hmm. gonna. So I'm gonna have to put it on my my server for you. Is what you're <laughs> telling me? No, uh, DC Universe is collapsing into HBO Max, so it'll be there eventually. Yeah, but you still don't have it on stick. So I mean, you've got you've got a double-edged sword here. And, and Chris, I got nothing. I got nothing but time. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. so um, season four for Young Justice was announced finally this weekend at um, DC Fandom uh, round two. Yeah, I was excited to see that because even though I have not caught up on the new new stuff, I, it's great to see that it performed well enough. And I just double checked on uh, my HBO Max, and Young Justice is not over yeah. there quite yet. Yeah, I only think like Harley Quinn and Doom Patrol, and maybe one other thing is right now. Mm. Um, but Young Justice Phantoms is the name of it, and it does not have a streaming service home yet, which we'll we'll talk about here in a second. 
Um, but this is season four. Season three ended la- August of last year on the, the second part. It hasn't felt like it's been that long. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, they waited a while to announce it, so that means I'm guessing they've probably they've been through production for quite a bit um, mm-hmm. in the background, and maybe we'll get something good. And also, as uh, in these times of making live-action films, animation is easier. Um, so this might also kind of give it that little boost, like, hey, we can make some superhero content if it's animated. Mm-hmm. So Yep. Um, Young Justice fandoms, on, on that note, we'll switch over. Doom Patrol, um, I, again, don't watch it, but Season 3 Renewal announced this weekend as well. And it will stream exclusively on HBO Max. So I see what you're saying, that Young Justice Season 4 will probably have HBO Max next to it and yes. not DC Universe. <laughs> but they did not say that this week. All they said was, it's called Phantoms. Here's a picture, and it's just the word Phantoms. And that's it. Like, it's nothing... There's no no characters, no nothing about it. But Doom Patrol, um, they they did a little gif of the, the characters being um, zapped by uh, the robot... I think his name's Rog in the show. And, um, yeah, but they're going to HBO Max. HBO Max also split, I think, the cost of Season 2, didn't they? Because it debuted on both um, last time, so... Yeah, it's it's all one incestuous corporation, so yeah. it's, all the money is going up the ladder to AT&T anyway. Yeah, so, so there's people there, but so Doom Patrol will not go to that, meaning, again, leaning towards uh, what we're saying, I think DC Universe is, um, it will evolve into something different, and I think all the media in terms of shows and movies um, will go to... HBO Max. Yeah. Uh, DC Universe is just going to end up being a logo within the HBO Max app that you click on, mm-hmm. much like Disney Plus has their different logos. You just click on the DC Universe uh, little uh, app, and then you just you just go to all the DC stuff. Yeah. That's probably what's going to happen. It, well, if, if not, it'll say DC Universe, and it'll just be the comic streaming app from now. Like, nothing else. You just get the comic books. So mm-hmm. if you want to read comics, here you go. If you want to watch shows, there's our other app. You, you've already got it because you're a sucker. Um <laughs> But yeah, so uh, Doom Patrol season three, great. Young Justice season four, um, shows getting some extra stuff. I've heard really good things about um, Brandon Fraser in that show, so maybe maybe I'll get around to it if I ever get done doing other stuff. Uh, big news for the Flash this week, Mike. Um, the movie, the Flash, quote unquote, is a superhero of this film because he is the bridge between all of these characters and timelines, and in a way, it restarts everything. And doesn't forget anything. That's by Barbara Machete, producer of The Flash. Also, she wrote the movie Mama. Um, <laughs> with uh, was that what's her name? Was it Yvette Cole Brown in that one? No. You you said also she's a married yeah, to Andy, the director and, of The Flash, right? Andy Machete is the director of The Flash, who directed the It movies. So yeah. Gotcha. So, I mean, this is a big deal, right? Just because I feel like we've been going back and forth for years now on whether or not this is or isn't going to be Flashpoint. Now, obviously, they don't have to go with the original Flashpoint storyline, but, you know, they've always had this character that has this ability to just kind of uh, reset all of this craziness that is the DC Mm -hmm. uh, cinematic universe right now. So this is just more credence and evidence that it's leaning that way, right? Now. They might just be very much in the Flash headspace right now, right? These, these, this producer and the director and this, you know, family unit basically that's making this Flash movie is very much they've just been thinking about the Flash, the Flash, the Flash only for years. So when they say it restarts everything, they could just be thinking very instantly. They, they could just be thinking just about the Flash's universe and how his character is going to be reset. They might not be thinking about a Batman yeah. or a Wonder Woman or anything like that. Uh, that could be the case, but it kind of makes more sense if they're saying everything, but it doesn't forget anything. That does make sense because if he does reset everything, he's still going to retain his memories. Yes. So he's not going to forget the stuff that's happened. Exactly. So this is essentially, again, a lot like the Flash TV show when they had the um, their Flashpoint, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. And more recently, their crisis, right? Um, they did the crisis um, where yeah. every it's like some people remembered the original worlds and some people didn't uh, when they merged Whoa. them all together. Um, well, and in the TV show earlier when they did the Flashpoint storyline, uh, Barry did remember everything that had happened. But when he came back to his normal timeline, all of his friends had had been reset and they had been living in this new world and they didn't really know all the stuff that happened. But as the season went on, I believe, if I remember right, they kind of got their other memories back or they're having these weird like dreams or flashbacks of stuff that they never yeah. remember happening. Uh, so, yeah, there's there's so many different ways that you can approach it. 
the great thing that they have is that it's a great narrative tool that could be wielded very positively for the universe right now. Exactly. And then, you know, that's the thing we got whenever DC had this original fandom. They're like, okay, you're getting Michael Keaton Batman in the Flash. Great. That's tying one Batman universe to the current Flash. Hey, also, we're throwing Ben Affleck in here. Holy shit, we're getting more Batman than this. Like, they're tying everything together. But also, they've like, the Joker doesn't exist in this world. Also, the new upcoming Batman doesn't exist in this world. Um, we're doing TV shows, but at the same point, if they ever wanted to pull them together or reference them, they could be like, well, over this other timeline, this is what happened. Um, they yeah, could. Ba- yeah, Barry could almost end up being this, like, character similar to Deadpool where he could be around all the, all these very serious heroes and he can reference just all of these other worlds that he's visited. Just like, oh, wow, you don't look anything like that other Batman that I saw. Mm-hmm. And also one of the biggest advantages about having this rough start to Barry Allen is he's had the advantage of already meeting a Batman. So at least he has a reference point when he meets the Michael Keaton Batman. Because if this was the first time we've ever met the Flash, it would be weird. Like, oh, okay, well, you can go to this other universe and meet, meet Michael Keaton eating all you want but if you've never met any other batman you wouldn't know that this is really a unique universe so they're, they're doing the best with what they got it seems yeah. like right now. and and also the other thing is um you, i want to see maybe michael keaton's batman world right we we thought it, it continued with my uh, val kilmer and george clooney also but guess what this is kind of saying it didn't um mm-hmm. this could a point why those have different actors but also what does michael keaton's batman world look like 10 years, 20 years, 30 years down the line, maybe there's a Superman and a Flash in that version that we've never seen yet. So this is a fun opportunity to be like, we're going to take these characters and we could possibly tweak them to have some fun with them and they don't really mean anything in the long run, but here they are, they're fun. That's a great point to bring up because I think when I looked at this quote, because this was pretty big news this week, I think they they also have the the producer also said that there's going to be lots of heroes in this movie. I mean, as of right now, I'm totally cool with just uh, Two Michael Keaton, and... Batman, and a Flash. Yeah. So th- if we're getting more, that's even cool. Like, how cool would it be to see a Tim Burton Superman? You know, mm-hmm. just kind of come down and, just for a second. And he or, did. Honest, <laughs> Remember, it was Nicolas Cage. He was they, oh, they filmed yeah. it. He's got, what if they did that? What if they brought Nicolas Cage Whoa. in as that Superman in that, that suit? That would be insane. I mean, well, there's some rumors floating around out there about you know Spider-Man possibly doing some pretty cool cameos. Mm-hmm. This would be a very cool cameo that only like really really big nerds would know yeah. about, and I think would get and, a cool reception. And you know, I, and I've said this for how long, Mike? The Flash TV show is essentially the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies, right? He's got the, the, the same intro, the same peppy optimism, the same like kind of attitude of how, how he treats his family and the people he reveals his identity to, right? Like, I feel Spider-Man and The Flash are very much a parallel here. And as long as Ezra Miller doesn't choke any more of his fans out on camera, <laughs> um, I think we're, we're in an opportunity here to have The Flash as their fun, lighthearted superhero that people will will flock to in the spider-man in our, our world as well and then they also have multiple versions of that character they could pull in together um and also don't forget in crisis the very last scene of crisis spoiler alert ezra miller showed up in the flash tv show so they have already set this bridge up mike this is really really fun for them i think and yeah i would i would love that to be a moment that's somehow put into the film you know i i imagine there's got to be some sort of montage that happens in this flash movie where he's jumping around from different universes just very briefly and you'll probably see some sort of visual of the speed force and he each usually seems to be some sort of like tunnel like you know blurry tunnel and maybe we'll see like a brief shot of the cw flash just briefly he doesn't even have to reference it but the fact that it's there is really really cool uh but I don't know if uh, Ezra Miller wants to uh, rehab his character at all. I think uh, Chris Evans has a strategy that he implemented this weekend. And I was just trying to find a funny, organic way to bring that into the show, even just briefly, because it was really funny. I don't know. You, I don't, if if you don't, if nobody knows what I'm talking oh, about, uh, I was on Twitter. It, it was trending. Week, like that's the yes. worst part. Um, well, that's the funny thing is every once in a while something will trend on Twitter for a couple hours and it's gone. And if you just weren't on the internet for those couple hours, you never even know that it happened. Because I don't follow tabloids or anything like that. It's just if it if it trends, I might see it. And I saw Chris Evans trending this week, and I was like, oh no, that's not a good sign. You don't want to <laughs> see one of your favorite actors from your, some of your favorite franchises trending because it could be bad news. And 
and uh, yeah, he just kind of uh, leaked his uh, his mm-hmm. yep. uh, member yep. uh, kind of out there into the world, and I guess it went over very, very well for him. So good for you, Chris Evans. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, I mean, I, th- I thought you were going to bring it up with, at the start when we were talking about Chris Hemsworth staying in the MCU. Um, oh, and Chris Evans, he's already out, right? <laughs> they can't fire him um, for for. Um, I guess uh, adult images on on the internet. So I don't know. I think some of the fans out there think he might deserve a promotion yeah. for uh, the picture that he leaked. But uh, I won't belabor it too too much. I just thought it was pretty funny. Yeah, it was it was definitely uh, an interesting thing. But a, a lot of people have handled it very well, um, and that's that's great <laughs> on the internet. Good for them. Um, anyway, back to the Flash. Um, <laughs> Speaking of Flash, all right, that's where that's where your joke was, Mike. Oh yeah, that's the that's, yeah, there, there you it go. is. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, DC they've they've got a lot of good stuff on their plate. I mean, I, I think you know after watching Fandom, our our hype is excited, and then we're we're back in the game, right? Like we're like, okay, you're making some some choices that aren't relying on imitating Marvel. You're doing things your way, and that seems to work out. So. Hey, hey, I look at I look at it this way. I was not expecting this kind of second half of fandom to deliver us really anything at all, mm-hmm. and and it did. Uh, it's not in the show notes, but I think they they answered a question that I had: is the new uh, is the new uh, Batwoman? Uh, yeah. How are they going to handle her hair? Since uh, they they said they were going to replace um, uh, I've, I've already forgotten her name. Uh, yeah, Ruby <laughs> Rose. Ruby Rose, they were going to replace her with an African-American woman, and they said that they they are going to stay true to the natural kinky hair of the actress. So I thought that was really, really cool. So some stuff did indeed come out of fandom this weekend, yeah. so that's good to hear. Yeah, the other thing is, uh, I'm going to jump into the next, the next thing from fandom, actually, is that Junkie XL uh, previewing his um, theme uh, for the Justice League uh, during an action scene score, um, and he kind of sets up this video we have here. He talks first half about it, and then it just goes right into the theme, and um, as, as you mentioned, Mike, um, theme's great. Uh, it's not exactly, like I said, memorable, but it sounds good, right? The music's on par. I, I listened to the Danny Elfman one right after in the article, and, yeah, that was fine, too. Um, so what's I, that kind of mean about this movie? <laughs> Well, it means uh, the score was never the problem that I had with the movie. Yep. So if Junkie XL wants to jump back into uh, jump back into the the I, Justice League uh, uh, uniform, I'm okay with that. I, I do think his, his score for Wonder Woman is great, but God, is it grating when you watch Batman v Superman Justice League and it's all orchestral, and then he comes in with a guitar riff for Wonder Woman. It's a great riff, but man, does it like not mash up with I, that movie. I didn't I didn't know that's uh, cuz you get to see visually who Junkie XL is in this video. Yeah. I didn't know he was just cut this middle-aged balding white guy at all. I was kind of expecting like a dubstep DJ. Like I thought it was going to be I don't know. I thought yeah. I thought like it was going to be like Dead Mouse. like like yeah. somebody was going to be wearing a helmet disguising their identity. I just didn't know who the hell Junkie XL yeah, was. Tim's so real I name guess, in there too. You're like, yeah. "Oh, that's his real name. He's a real person." Yeah, uh, yeah his name's like Tom. He's like <laughs> just a bald white guy named Tom. Yeah. I was like, "All right, Tom." He started MySpace <laughs> originally and then went up. No, I'm kidding. No. <laughs> but um I, I think the, the score's fine. It's great. I mean, um Again, they're, they're doing this. There's a rumor here, and I just don't have anything. The wallpapers for Justice League coming out say Justice League Director's Cut on the bottom of it. Uh, mm-hmm. And some people are theorizing that's the name, but I think it's just like a, hey, we don't have a name for it, so this is what we're calling it. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll play that one out more next week when we get some more official reports from Warner Brothers. But it may not be Zack Snyder's Justice League. It may be Justice League Director's Cut as the legal release. So we'll, we'll play it by here. Mm-hmm. On the other side of that coin, we, I mentioned earlier, the Joker movie. Uh, I haven't thought about it since last October when it came out, right? Can you believe it's been almost mm-hmm. a year? Um, wow. Yeah, a rumor is Joaquin Phoenix has, Phoenix has been offered a huge sum of $50 million to return Ooh. for two more Joker sequels in the next four years. Wow. Uh, I mean... He won. I mean, he won awards, didn't he? I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, it's just like it makes everything makes sense, right? Like the movie uh, made a ton of money for the the small ish comparative budget for the type of movie that it was, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it got them a nomination for uh, Joaquin Phoenix, and it's a it's a franchise character. So it seems crazy if you're a person in charge over there to not approach a sequel whether it's going to be good bad trash whether it's going to make people mad again Mm -hmm. uh, even though they they shouldn't have been because they were just extrapolating from literally nothing before they even saw the movie uh it makes sense financially right how do you not 
even uh, approach the idea of another movie. Uh, the idea of making two almost makes me more interested because that means somebody might sit down and think of an arc for the character. Right. Maybe this could honestly just be an honest to God trilogy. We bring yeah. Joaquin Phoenix in for two more movies hell kill him at the end of it actually see the joker die or something like that from like a proto hero or something like that we actually get to see the end of the character and this could be the first time in a while we get an honest to god trilogy that you can kind of just sit down and put it in a box set on your shelf and be like yes three really good movies there is not a fourth one that's bad well here's the other thing two joker movies in the next four years means they're gonna have to film those back to back like there's no no, there is no way that they can be like okay we're gonna write one see how it does and then write another and then film it they're gonna, like you said, they've gotta literally plan this out and make the most of. I mean, probably Walking Phoenix. I mean, he never. I don't know if he's ever done a sequel. Um, you know, outside of this, so you gotta really sell him on this. That price check is gonna. That, that price tag is huge. Um, you know, he'd be set for life, right? Like after that. But does he want to do it? And also, like, if you got him for a limited amount of time, being in that mindset of the Joker, you gotta get him done and out the door. So maybe it's like a. You know, they they the these two years they spent filming, writing, planning, and then they release them one year, and then the next year is the second one, and it's done. And yeah, and they could even like you know, like you said, the the third one is maybe maybe they do a time jump, maybe plus five years, um, for each movie, right? So, you know, a ten year, a decade of the Joker in this universe, and what does that look like? Because yeah, Batman could... was Batman was a kid when we saw him in there, mm-hmm. Bruce Wayne. So I, there's some, some some stuff. That's my the, idea. The... The, the biggest narrative worry that I have is how do you evolve his character that was at the end of the movie into some sort of supervillain mastermind, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the Joker in, like, comic books and, you know, cartoon shows and even some of the wackier Batman movies, you didn't really know a whole lot about him. So you, you just assumed he was good at being a villain or he was this chaotic evil that somehow put it all together. But he never seemed to know what he was doing at all. He was just very reactionary in his movie. Movie. And then the people around him just vibed off of it and basically made the criminals worse than what they were. So I'm just trying to imagine, does he evolve into somebody that's smart or does he just keep being a pawn for well, evil people? It'll just be interesting to see how they evolve his character. My guess is he grows a mustache. They give him the white paint over the mustache and he becomes Cesar Romero from the 1960s <laughs> Batman. Now, I don't There's There's a whole bunch of questions here. Will he even go for it? And if they do... Where does it go? What does it look like? And how do you not tarnish what you already have? Right? Like, mm-hmm. you know, how do you you take your one and done? But at the end, it does set up for something very interesting in the future for this character. So, knock on whether they do something good. As we mentioned at the top of the show, Wonder Woman has been delayed from October, which was like in two weeks or three weeks, to all the way to Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, there's precedent for December releases doing really well. Aquaman, Star Wars other stuff so um i think it's a good decision but i don't know if it'll come back i mean will it get yeah. delayed again this is now i told mike this has been delayed more times than new mutants but i mean it's not, <laughs> it's not his fault we're in a pandemic but i just think it's funny it's had more release date changes than that but like you know and i was also telling you i'm not as stoked for this movie as say other movies in the dc lineup but i mean what, what do you think we, well, we, we talked about it a little bit this week. I mean, I just, I honestly just don't see what's different from October to December, to be mm-hmm. honest, when it comes to the box office. Yes, some more theaters might start to open back up. I suppose maybe they're thinking more internationally. Maybe they could recoup more money over there. But in the United States, even if we are lucky enough to get a vaccine as early as November, I think that's what's been touted as the earliest, which probably is not likely. Uh, it's still first going to go to like frontline workers and it's not going to work its way into the general movie going audience until at least next year. So if they're delaying it to December, that's just to see a little bit more money. It's not mm. It's not going to be normal. So unfortunately, I feel like I'm still going to be in the same tenant new mutant situation where I'm just going to have to wait until they give me an opportunity to watch it, which really sucks because we have this show where we specifically love to talk about superhero movies and we're just not going to get a chance to watch it when 
other parts of the world are going to be able to watch it and we're not going to be able to talk about it on the show which really sucks because yeah. we love watching this stuff because we love the, my favorite thing to do with these movies since they're all like franchises I love to watch them and then just uh, come up with like all of these theories of where it could go how it's going to affect the world what new characters that we're going to see you know this stuff is, just gets me really excited and now I just I just don't know what I'm going to see any of this stuff and it really sucks yeah yeah I mean it's it's putting a big question mark on uh, when we get to see something new and when we get to see something good and um yeah we just we just don't know so we'll see if christmas looks a little better uh or if they've um i don't know if they'll ever address a digital uh, release system by that point we don't know mm-hmm. lastly uh is the movie dune uh got a official release trailer this week and um as, as i i'm familiar with dune i've watched the original uh from the 80s uh, movie that um um, has its own Twi- documentary about it, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The guy who directed Twin Peaks, um, I just lost his name, uh, David Lynch, um, mm. has disowned completely, and he, he filmed it. Um, yeah, I'm familiar with the stories of the, the multiple books. Mike, you're fresh into this. This is Ooh, your yeah. first thing in the Dune. What's your take? I know literally nothing about Dune. I think I knew vague vagueness about the story i knew there was like some sort of like monarchy kind of conquering type storyline and there's something to do about spice which i'm sure is like an allegory for like crude oil you know because that's usually what science fiction does it's always an allegory for our our real lives so i didn't really know much about it uh so but the talent attached to it is very very good the trailer was really cool it looked beautiful uh there's some cool sci-fi stuff going on in here that i didn't know about I think the only possible concern that I have for Dune being such an older science fiction story is usually these older iconic science fiction worlds when they get kind of modernized by the time it gets to the screen all of this kind of all of these ideas are kind of n- not new anymore they're almost mm-hmm. kind of played out which is uh, no fault of their own like uh, you know obviously the Scarlett Johansson ghost in a shell movie was bad for many reasons but all of the cool futuristic stuff in that movie uh, was all new and exciting when the anime came out but now all that stuff is rot you know it's not new anymore it's just all kind of benign and then it's been in a ton, ton of TV shows and movies already so all of that stuff just wasn't uh, enthralling so I, hopefully any any science fiction stuff that Dune has the offer is maybe something well, I haven't seen before or they put a fun twist on well, it. Well, I think Dune, I think it will follow more of what you, more of a Game of Thrones style story. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's more about, you know, people ruling planets and these planets having specific you know, purposes and the, the factions on those planets. So I, I think when we say sci-fi, I don't think it's going to be a technology thing, but there is some cool abilities with the spice. It's more of an allegory for drugs than, mm. than oil. Um, so I, I think it looks great. Um, that, is it Dennis Denis Villeneuve? Uh, yeah, did, I, I don't know how to pronounce yeah, that one either. He, he, the same well, he did Blade Runner 2049. Beautiful film. Great movie to watch. Didn't really get a lot of people in the seats. Um, he did, a, I think, did he do Arrival before that as well? I believe so. Yeah. So he he's no stranger of taking these sci-fi things and playing with them and having a good time and making them look good. Again, just looking at Blade Runner 2049, how many people didn't go, um, concerns me for this. And it's not his fault. The movie's great. Just how many people really care about stuff from the 80s when we're in 2020 now, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, the, the talent but, pool in yes. this movie crosses over with so many things that we talk about on the show. Mm-hmm. Aquaman's in this movie. Uh, Poe Dameron's in this movie. Thanos? Uh, Thanos is in this movie. Uh-huh. Um, uh, oh, um, Mary, Mary Jane, Jane Watson's yep. in this movie. <laughs> yeah, uh, and, and, like, and, and so many more. I mean, so yeah, the, the, the actors in this are great. Oh, um, Drax is in this as well. Um, um, is the mysterious uh, sage-like woman, is that um, Tilda Swinton? I, I don't know. Um, I, I don't. It kind of sounded like her, but she was the Sorcerer Supreme uh, <laughs> for a bit. So if if that's indeed her, but yeah, there's so much crossover, so many big names, and with the director attached, you almost you kind of gotta see the movie, mm-hmm. you know, whether or not you've read the book or not. Um, I I remember when I watched the trailer last week. Uh, at the very very end, it said only in theaters. But specifically for the video file of the trailer, there's no date anywhere on it. So I think they're still trying to be flexible it, just in it case. Is, so just to put it out there, it is December 18th, literally one week before Wonder Woman. And mm-hmm. and they're both Warner Brothers films. 
So that's why I included this last on here is because um, with the new Wonder Woman date, this is still one week beforehand. But who knows? Um, at this point, what's going to happen? So mm-hmm. um, if you get a chance, watch the trailer. Uh, you can do some research. I have, um, I, if you ever want to watch the old Dune, Mike, it's on, um, you know where to look at. Um, so you can watch it there. So There's a big worm in the trailer. I was expecting a big worm. That's the only other yeah. thing I knew about worm, about Dune, was there's a worm in it. <laughs> a large, large sandworm. So, yeah, yeah. All right, well, um, that's our show for the day, Mike. My, my dinner is ready and waiting for me, so I'm going to go eat some and then come back and edit this for the folks to listen to this week. But if you want to know what you're up to, what you're doing, where can they find you at? Oh, all you got to do is visit Mike Royer Design on Instagram and Twitter, and you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to catch up with you, see when you're playing video games on mm-hmm. your Xbox or your PlayStation, when can they find you? Find me on um, Twitter, Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N, or Instagram, Valdan87. Look up either of those. I think Xbox is Valdan, PlayStation is Valdan 1987 or 87. So one of those two. I don't know. Um, working with you there to play games with it. Um, played some with the uh, listener, um, other Chris, uh, this week. So, you know, thanks, thanks for uh, doing some Fortnites with me this week. Um, people want to know more about the show. Where can they find us at? Oh, you can find us at superheroslate.com. That is our domain name. We own it. We put stuff there. And uh, <laughs> that's where we put our show notes. So if you want to see uh, that uh, uh, cam street footage of the U.S. agent, we got that link over there. We got the link to the, the Dune trailer. If you want to see what Junkie XL looks like in real life, uh, we got a link on our show notes there too. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever else you love to listen to podcasts. I'm sure we're posted there as well. Uh, you can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and you can get merch at SuperheroSlate.com slash store uh, obviously we love hearing from you uh, yeah. special thanks to Vicky for sending us that insider track info on those Kit Kats we are always looking into candies so you know we're, we're hungry boys we love food yeah. so uh, we love we love it when you guys do that so please reach out uh, whatever you're thinking about uh, have you been able to see New Mutants yet have you been able to see Tenet yet? What was that movie movie theater going experience like? I'm curious if you felt nervous at all or if maybe it was just an empty room and you didn't have to worry at all. Let us know. I'd love to hear from you. But we love our super fans of this show. And if you want to be a super fan of Superhero Slate, it's extremely easy to do. All you got to do is share the show with a friend, share the show with a buddy, and we will be here every single week, folks. Ride or die. Yep, including next week. And whether movies come out yeah. or not, we'll be here. So we'll catch yeah. you then. All right. See you, everybody. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. The funny thing is, is you're so hungry, but you eat so fast, it'll be gone in like three seconds.